0: Aloha, this is Kelly McHugh-White here with the third episode of the Public Art Podcast. Today I was very fortunate to spend time with Michael Takamoto, who was the public artist that led our November 2020 Alala Renaissance project. This was initially planned for March of 2020, um, and his pre-COVID proposal, He uh, wanted to create a murder of Alala installation, which was meant to be an open invitation to the community to create black charcoal silhouettes throughout the town of Wailuku from a collection of stencils that he had created. Um, He wanted that artwork to naturally fade with the elements in an aim to bring awareness to the plight of the Alala, which is the endangered Hawaiian crow. As their numbers have been decimated through the loss of their natural habitat and the incursion of non native species. Michael quickly reimagined this piece for a post COVID world, uh, renaming the project the Alala Renaissance, and brought pre registered socially distanced artists together to create hundreds of brightly colored chalk Alala silhouettes throughout town in an expression of hope rebirth and healing. Um, There are some interruptions in the background noise. When we first start chatting, Michael and I met in his classroom. He is the head of the art department at University of Hawaii, Maui College. But um, if you can be patient through those first two or three minutes, the sound gets a lot better. And Michael is just a really, wonderful human being to get to know and sit with. I hope you enjoy. All right, we are sitting in the classroom at University Hawaii Maui College with Mr. Michael Takamoto. Hello, Michael.
1: Aloha, Kelly. you for coming by.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for allowing me to enter your beautiful space here at the university. Where are we right now?
1: Uh, Let's see, right now we're on the western end of campus. Um, in the Heona building. Heona, the uh, Hawaiian term for artistic, um, named by our um, Hawaiian studies professor, Keope Raymond. Mm. Um, this, uh, one time, used to be the PE locker room. And so there's actually two sections. The side we're in now is the drawing and painting and printmaking studio. Um, next door is our ceramic studio. So we've been really fortunate and blessed to you know have our own art building, so to speak. When mm-hmm. I first started here um, 20-something years ago, we were on the other end of campus by Harbor Lights, and the drawing and painting studio was in a portable, which was okay, but um, had these pillars in the way, so every time I have a model or set up something, you know, we've got all this, all this blockage here. We've got a clear view of everywhere the whole classroom which seems to work pretty well Mm-hmm.
0: you've got some nice airflow here and i imagine this is more space than you might have had before
1: yeah a lot more space than we have a lot more open space so to mm-hmm. speak i mean the other space was maybe about the same size but again like i said there were pillars and things in the way support beams that you know weren't too conducive to drawing yeah <laughs> yeah
0: and how many students can you accommodate in this space when you're teaching generally
1: um, Pre-COVID, we had up to like twenty-five students wow. per class, but um, but now because of the situation now, I'm, I'm fortunate. Actually, I'm fortunate that I'm still able to teach live, face-to-face. Um, when COVID first hit at the end of uh, last spring, you know, we literally had to shut down, and then the last month of class, everything was online on Zoom and. Trying to teach a studio art class in that format is very, very challenging and difficult. Um, so when we opened up the following fall, um, we were able to do face-to-face, but we did have to maintain social distancing. So our class size was reduced to like 12 students wow. per session, um, which was OK, too. I mean, still not quite the same. You don't have the same interaction that you do with you know, a group of 25 students. Um, But how lucky those
0: 12 students must feel to have more of your time right and kind of more of an intensive experience
1: i definitely hope so (laughs) yeah yeah but at the same time too instead of meeting twice a week we'd meet once a week so half of the class on tuesday say half of the class on thursday and i'll just give them assignments to work on at home yeah very challenging with oil painting yes (laughs) since they have to carry wet oil paintings back and forth.
0: Yeah, and doing away with the, the terpenoids and the turpentines, I mean, to clean brushes and pallets yeah. and whatnot. I'm sure that became a big challenge.
1: That was a challenge where, you know, I have to say, you know, keep your um, solvents in a safe place. Yes. you know Make sure kids or siblings don't get into it. And yeah. You know, yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting that you talk about COVID right off the bat because your la renaissance became what it was kind of because of the pandemic. Um, when you initially applied for Small Town Big Art, it was a murder of Alala. Um, and I know we've written about it and we created a short documentary about it, but we haven't podcasted about it. So I'd love to maybe get that explanation from you again, the, the change, the evolution of the murder of Alala to the Alala Renaissance.
1: Oh, sure. Thank you for asking. Um... Yeah, so basically the initial vision of the project was the murder of Alala, Alala, if you're not familiar, is the Hawaiian Crow. And when you have a group of crow, they're called a murder of crow, um, which has kind of an interesting meaning and connotation when you think about it. Um, And the initial idea was to literally go through um, Market Street in Wailuku and cover various places with uh, chalk and charcoal stencil crow um, you know representing the Hawaiian crow basically um, and how they're so endangered right now and I wanted to kind of give the idea that you know they are endangered but hopefully at some point they'll make a comeback and maybe proliferate mm-hmm. and the idea of having their images throughout Wailuku town you know kind of a, was I thought appealed to me and having them you know your reemergence. Um I think maybe it was a, a month or a couple weeks before we were planning on doing that. I or? feel like
0: it was days before because okay. it was it was March that your murder of alala was meant to um activate in the community and I feel like we had weather and it was maybe a weather reason that we had canceled and mm-hmm. then covid hit right
1: after yeah, the weather
0: right. event. So that's... we were like Oh, my goodness. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. Had, I had, like, I don't know, like 40 people or something, you know, lined up, ready to ready to go. Yeah. And participate. And it was a
0: public open event. So you yeah. had 40 people that you knew of.
1: That would come by. How, yeah.
0: how many more would have just stumbled upon and participated? Nobody knows. Sure. Right? Because that the, that's the goal of Small Town Big R, yeah. or one mm-hmm. of the goals, is, is broad community engagement and participation. So then what happened? Yeah. Well, <laughs> then just, it was just to go back game. a little
1: bit more, is that... Not only, not only was this going to be a visual art event, but also we had um, you know poets lined up too. Yeah. And so it would have been a nice you know combination to have you know the visual and spoken word art mm-hmm. going on um, at the P- Kipuka Square. Yeah. You know which really made it a really wonderful event. And then COVID hit. <laughs> and then
0: COVID hit the, yeah. the big waiting game, and we never knew. Maybe it's a month that we're pushing it back. Maybe it's yeah. three months. Maybe it's six months.
1: Right? I mean, that was the game. Yeah, and it was a while. I'd kind of gotten into the back burner and kind of forgotten about it, and then slowly, you know, things started to open up again. And mm-hmm. you had mentioned, well, we can, you know, do this on a limited scale. And uh, somehow it seemed like a murder of alala. It didn't seem to be an appropriate title <laughs> anymore. Right due to COVID and kind of
0: that bleak moment in people's lives and perhaps concentrating on something in danger that might not make it wasn't quite as hopeful.
1: Yeah, and since we were coming back or re-emerging, I thought the Renaissance would be a more uh, appropriate title Um, as Wailuku Town, as Maui was opening up more. um, So it seemed to fit better in that sense, as far as the title goes. And really, you know, visually, I thought it worked as well, too. I'm, I'm, I mean, originally it was gonna be just with black coal and charcoal, as crows are, black. Um, but I thought, no, that's still kind of depressing. Um, you know, it has that kind of dark connotation. So even though crows aren't yellow or red or orange, you know, I bought a bunch of um, chalk so we could have more colorful um, crows that, um, you know, that people could put on the walls and i think the great thing about this project which i really liked is that it, it's participatory so people were invited or or were welcome to participate if they wanted to you know as a visual artist i really enjoy that is that you know i have some control over it you know of what i've vision to see but the more people that get involved they start um, creating their own ideas and using the material in their own way, you know, which I have no control of. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really wonderful, um, of what pe- you know, what the different people came up with.
0: Yeah, I remember the conversation that we all had, Sissy and Aaron and Anna Marie and you and myself, as you were um, developing the next stage of what this might be, right? From the murder to the Renaissance. And initially, I think the idea or the vision that we all had in our brains was like guerrilla art, right? That you might see these dark alala silhouettes down alleyways and on sidewalks and in Mm -hmm. maybe hidden places throughout Wailukus that they surprised you and reminded you of this really beautiful symbol of the the culture. Um, And then as the conversation progressed, you thought brighter colors and maybe bringing in some foliage and some growth. And also, You could only work with, I think, eight or 10 people at a time. I think that's what social distancing dictated in November of 2020. And so it actually ended up becoming a really hopeful, beautiful community building initiative. Um, I remember walking by that day and you had, you know, Sydney Yee and you had M. White, who Mm -hmm. teaches here at the school with her children. And the people that were a part of it that day were very vocal about how needed a moment like that was amidst a pandemic to come together as a community and create something together in collaboration with a professional caliber artist like you. I know that people really look to you as a leader in the Maui arts scene. So I'm wondering if you can talk a bit about I think you offered three different time slots that day for people to participate with you, and yeah, I would wonder, I wonder what that was like for you. I know it must have been a lot of moving pieces and logistics and wearing masks and the beating sun in Wailuku Town. But what was the energy like and the participation like?
1: I think the energy was really, really high, um, and I'm just so happy and grateful of the people that turned out. Like you mentioned, we've got you know professional artists, you know who I respect and. Admire Sydney Yee, Knight of Bangor, Gwen yeah. Arkin, you know, came out to participate. And we have, like you mentioned, Emma White, my colleague here at the college, and she's, she and her friend bring their little two or three year old kids. That was just so awesome that, yeah. you know, we had this wide range of participation of those age groups. Um, as far as the flow went, I think it was pretty smooth. I mean, it was a relatively warm day. And so people weren't required to, you know, stay for, you know, two hours or whatever shift they signed up for. But so it was a constant flow of people coming and going, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to see the evolution of the project, you know, first one alala, then suddenly there's three at another section. And, then, you know, suddenly there's a, one in a tree, you know, someone drew a tree or, you know, did some other backgrounds on there too, which is... Um, really really enjoyable i mean as an artist seeing this develop in front of my eyes like i mentioned you know not really having total control over it was really very um enlightening and, and fun for me at, at the same time um i gotta give special kudos to uh, mr giannato uh, yes. the pizza master who <laughs> provided us with piece, pizza you know you know no charge and that was that was really really wonderful of him too um, do that so give him a plug yeah If you haven't eaten there yet please go there yeah wonderful
0: such a great guy the art projects that we've done in that area he always he always comes out and asks questions and wants to know what's going on and feel included Mm -hmm. and then yeah kokua right and help feed everybody and just be a great community member great neighbor
1: yeah definitely and then other people that were involved too Um, my wife uh, retired now but she was working before at uh, Kai elementary school give them a plug because that they're the only arts integrated public school on Maui and I think they were the first in the state so um, she still had a lot of connections with you know the teachers and faculty and a lot of them came out as well to participate yeah and they were very very enthusiastic and very helpful
0: and Ray sure. definitely had her teacher chops on that day, or her school administrator chops, because I, I remember seeing those gigantic post-it notes with your proverb, your olelo lo noeau. Remind me what your proverb was? The okay. birds
1: ho kanaka o na manu, which roughly translate, and I thought it was so appropriate um, that the the sounds of birds makes the place feel inhabited. Yeah, and I think especially after coming out of Um, COVID, you know, we're we're isolated, things are closed, things are shut down, Um, people are, you know, hanging out on their own, you know, with very little social contact. And here, suddenly we have this gathering of people talking, laughing, giggling, um, and making art. Yeah. I mean, how how much better can you get than that, you know, as far as creative activity and, and coming out of the COVID knock on wood, coming out of that COVID stage as well.
0: One really interesting uh, takeaway for us on the Small Town Big Art team was that there was fear about instigating or inspiring graffiti art, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Here we have over the course of the day, 30 or 40 people participating in stenciling chalk onto the largest building in Wailuku town, the main street promenade, right? And we thought, oh gosh, I hope this doesn't send the wrong message. And there was absolutely no fear whatsoever. And I want, I mean, I have my own thoughts Mm -hmm. as to why that occurred, but I wonder if you can chime in on, you know, why no copycats you know why didn't anybody come out and think oh if he can do this if they can do this i can do this too
1: yeah that's interesting i never really thought of it that way but it's yeah i'm surprised that no one came with spray paint and started <laughs> tagging things but um maybe because it was in such a open public area mm-hmm. that might have had something to do with it yeah
0: um, and it was beautiful and clearly planned right and clearly celebrated by the community i think that Again, the folks that you included, some very well-known names in the arts and education community here and others, maybe their friends and family and children that were simply participating you know, through their relationships with you and others, um, they were so vocal and excited about the opportunity to be involved that it kind of sent a message right, to the community that this is something special mm-hmm. and this is something um, for us and this is a kind of a symbol of hope you know and of how we want to move forward as a community and we would love to think or hope right that that is a message that maybe made its way through town because again we just didn't see and this is a place that has been quite vandalized in the past the town of Wailuku and we're just not seeing that as much anymore Um, and the hope is that again through communication and inclusivity we're helping to put that that energy to good use right rather than yes yes. (laughs) for positive
1: positive purposes yes and for expression you know it's uh, human expression and um one thing i really um liked about the project too it's gone now and and that's part of it too the the ephemeral quality of it i mean it was there for and it lives in people's memories i Mm -hmm. guess i mean there's some photo documentation video documentation you know and now you go to the promenade there's nothing there anymore so uh
0: you and your right. wife pow- power washed it
1: right? yes uh, my, sis- my sister was visiting too at the time so i drafted her to help power wash the walls yeah and, uh, made arrangements on sunday everything's closed so well perfect timing yeah and so that worked out really well and took a lot a lot less time to power wash it than to actually do the do the piece itself yeah
0: And so I wonder, you know, I think of you as a bit of a trailblazer as a public artist amidst the pandemic. There wasn't a whole lot of visual arts representation during that time. There were some projects Mm -hmm. coming and going, but as I'm sure you know, as a longtime artist, most of these initiatives take six months to a year to plan. Right. So when there's such a sharp um, turn or change right in the middle of your process, oftentimes you can't turn something around in the time it took us to turn it around so i'm wondering if you if you felt that if people remarked on that you know with you during that process or if you noticed other arts throughout the nation or the world other visual arts projects that were happening during covid
1: yeah actually um there was a lot of things online yeah i mean a lot of um online exhibitions you know throughout the world of you know calling for you know works responding to COVID. Mm-hmm. So. You know, even though maybe people didn't have exhibits, actual physical exhibits, um, there were a whole bunch of um, online exhibits, Mm -hmm. and in fact, I was, I think I had one on the mainland, uh, a show, a printmaking show that it was, in that... You think? No, I mean, I know, (laughs) but it should, you know, they said I don't have to, my work got in the show, but I didn't have to send it because the gallery wasn't open. Wow. So they put in, they made an online exhibit.
0: You're right, that was interesting for the gallery world, which is different than the public art world, but I loved that shift. And Hui Noeao did it as well, right? They continued with some of their um, gallery exhibits and created kind of 360 tours, right? Or online Mm -hmm. tours, which I thought was a really fun pivot.
1: Yeah, and actually I got to give the Hui a lot of credit as well too. And even before other places opened up, they did actually open the gallery, of course limiting the number of visitors and things, but um, it got to a point where you could actually Go and see, yeah. you know, artwork um, in person, and I believe the Mac should be opening up shortly, if it hasn't yet. Yeah. They've got a wonderful exhibit up now, which if you haven't seen, I'd highly recommend it.
0: NIDA is a pro, absolutely. And the HUI is run by one of my favorite people on the planet, Anna-Marie Forsyth. Um, Mm -hmm. She's their executive director now. And when I first came to Maui in 2008, it was to work at the HUI, and she and I worked side by side there. So I'm still very emotionally tied (laughs) to that place and the people there and that community. Yeah. so, yeah, I guess I would love to hear more about other artwork that you've done recently, I guess over the course of the last year or two, um, maybe since the onset of COVID or what you've been up to since. How can people see more of your work?
1: Oh, okay. Well, um, let's see. And next month, I'm going to have some pieces in Hilo at um Wailua Art Center. Nice. If you happen to go out that way (laughs)
0: i'm going next week
1: but they won't be up yet yeah they won't be up yet yeah um that's a really really nice venue too um the Wailo arts center um very Mm low-key but uh, very very supportive you know for local artists throughout the state and actually i think this show that's opening up called abstract only is a a national show Mm. so um they should hopefully you know have many entries from the mainland as well
0: And how'd you get involved with that abstract only show
1: oh there's this um uh online website called cafe um call for artists entries something like that anyways that seems to be the main venue now
0: that's how we did small town big art yeah exactly yeah yeah. i
1: mean this is how you find out about what exhibits are happening what you can apply for yeah um i can do um back in back in the old days you know we'd have to uh, take slides um, get your slides, to, you know, get your slides um, photographed by some professional with mm-hmm. you know fancy lighting and everything, and mm-hmm. then um, send send off your slides and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, so now it becomes so much more accessible, I think, you know, through this uh, digital medium. Yeah. As far as entries and things, and I'm sure with small town big art, you've got a you know a nice variety of different people that have submitted your works, and I know your recent. Projects that have come up are just so amazing too. Yeah, it's I think wonderful. it's
0: gaining momentum, but we still, it's interesting, we, we still feel we have a long way to go to motivate folks to apply. And I think that's because public art is still brand new in the county of Maui. Um, Honolulu, it's 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 thriving, oh, right? Sure, yeah. you've got your 808 Primes and your Powwows and your Estria Foundations and other you know exemplary programs there. Here we're still very much a gallery uh, community, and so I'm constantly being asked how we can get more local artists to get involved and apply. And it's a really complex response. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because we feel strongly that a gallery artist is such a different set of skills than a public artist where you're creating work outside Mm -hmm. in the elements, um, getting kind of interrupted all day, every day by community members if you're doing your job right, which Mm -hmm. should be a really welcome, interesting part of the process. And also not creating your composition in a vacuum, but through, consultations with community members and community feedback, right, which can be yeah. very jarring I think for a gallery or a theater artist, right, to not be able to just rely on their own skill sets and inspiration mm-hmm. but also um needing to incorporate feedback from large, you know, amounts of public interest, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, I mean, all artists are different, of course, and you know some definitely prefer to, you know, work in isolation in their studio and doing that but um others like myself i mean i can do that too but i really enjoy this interaction you know with the community with the people um, to get their ideas to get their feedback it's a wonderful thing and i think one of the another big difference is that many gallery artists um you know they they're there for profit i mean so they want to of course, make a living yeah. off you know, their art, which and there's you know, nothing there's wrong nothing with that. Wrong with that? It's <laughs> fine. Unfortunately, um, I got a job, so I, I don't have to really rely on selling my art, so to speak, to mm-hmm. you know do that. So, and I'm, as a instructor, as a teacher here at the college, you know, I, I really think that reaching out to people and empowering them with art um, really is a great, wonderful thing. It gives them courage. Um, it makes them worthwhile mm-hmm. more, much more worthwhile and, and having more people involved with that and, and and in turn they also realize the power of art mm-hmm. uh, and the power of creativity and I mean this is why we do public art is to make people more aware and to get people more involved um, and hopefully they'll pass their thoughts and ideas on to their kids or to their friends or to their family um, you know, art is a very healing thing, I feel. Um, there's so much negativity in the world, um, but art can be something very positive and really help to bring not only Maui but you know, the whole world together, I hope, yeah, in the long run.
0: Yeah, and some of the people that we've met through Small Town Big Art and the program as it evolves, I would have I would have never met the majority of these people. I mean, our Mahalo list right now I think is 400 individuals long. I maybe knew 50 of them at the onset of this process, and that's a beautiful thing because it's it's community building, right? So you're meeting um, like Fern Duval, right? Came mm-hmm. and consulted on Kurt Kurakawa's last piece um, because he had an endemic plant that was at, at the focal point. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Children's Peace Center, or Auntie Wallet Pellegrino came and consulted on Eric Oakday's latest piece to talk about the history of the performing arts within Wailuku Town. Um, we had Skippy Howe come and consult on Jackie Sabato Itels' latest piece that focused on o'opu, or, you know, freshwater mm-hmm. fish, and he sure. took us to Iao Stream to look for them and identify them, and Scott Fisher on this latest Manawahine piece. So it's just such a beautiful community building initiative right it doesn't just have to be for people to be inspired by beautifying the environment it can also lead to community connections and maybe even problem solving right thinking about our endangered resources or such as the alala right yeah
1: I mean living in such a fragile ecosystem that we have here in Maui that's you know fundamental and very very important yeah I feel And, and getting like you mentioned all these other Um, community experts involved um, you know really just enriches the whole project overall Mm -hmm. and gives it definitely much more meaning and substance and viability
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and hopefully longevity yeah you know I'd really love to see this continue you know um, not only through Wailuku but through the rest of Maui yeah Um, because there's so many so many places there's so many wonderful talent that's on this island that, you know, we, sh- we should help to promote and showcase. Yeah. Um,
0: well, you're technically, the college is technically Kahului, yeah?
1: Yes. Not Wailuku. Kahului, yeah.
0: Well, um, I think I mentioned to you earlier, we are trying to scale the program to a county-wide initiative, and we have incorporated a nonprofit that we're calling Art Corp, Maui Public Art Corp. And it sounds like Kahului might be our next stop. So it would be such a joy to collaborate with you more closely on what that process might look like for Kahului and maybe encourage some more of your students to feel equipped, you know, or prepared Mm -hmm. to apply for public art um, opportunities.
1: Yeah, sure, that would be great. I mean, and we've got some amazing walls here that have great potential. Yeah. for that project. Do you know
0: Mike Young? He Uh, does the carpentry apprenticeship program here. Yeah, so Mike um, helped build these 10 foot tall easels for our Manawahine project, which is a a collection of 300 foot murals surrounding the Wailuku municipal parking lot. And one artist, Amanda Joy Bowers, Mm -hmm. got to paint right on site but our other artists needed to paint off-site at Imua Discovery Garden, their individual panels, mm-hmm. and Mike Young here at the college helped build those easels so that they could do that off-site and has said to me, yes, we have lots of space at UH Kelly. <laughs> Come awesome. to us next. Awesome. Yes, so
1: for sure. yeah, I
0: yeah. hope to really yeah. get the college more involved because it's also such a, an important institution within our community.
1: I think so as well. And I mean, it's really, um a great opportunity to, to do that. And I believe our chancellor, uh, Louis Hokuana, you know, would be supportive. know, of course, we have to go through the protocols and, you know, make sure everything's pono. Yeah. But, um, but uh, I don't think that can be too big of an issue, actually.
0: Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. Well, do you have any closing thoughts or anything else you'd like to say, either about small town, big art, or your alala renaissance or public art?
1: Okay. Well, first I'd like to give you um, and your crew at Small Town Big Arts, you know, a really big mahalo and thank you for, you know, giving me the opportunity to do the Alala Renaissance. Um, like I had mentioned, um, I do like the fact that it was ephemeral here today and gone tomorrow. Um, and, and so it lives on, in a way it lives on that way. I hope to do more in the future, work with you folks in the future some more at some point. Um, but I really want to encourage you to continue to reaching out to many artists and communities as you can because, you know, what you're doing is so important and so vital, you know, culturally, um, historically, and it's something really significant, I think, for Maui County. I mean, it'd be great to, you know, go to Lanai and go to Moloka'i. Yeah. And things like that it would be just wonderful.
0: Thank you so much for giving us your talent and your time, and for chatting a little bit more today, Michael. I can't wait to keep working together.
1: Okay. Thank you, Kelly.